Ladies and gentlemen, take your seats. The show Verbal Tap will begin shortly. Show the proofs fighting is easier from outside the cage. I am, of course, the ranking host of the podcast. Um, with me, of course, the more ranking host of the podcast. And I have a few questions for you, Rafa Sparza. You were at the Women's Kumite Saturday? I do not recall if I was there. I know that I am aware of your question. Okay. Well, yeah, of course you're aware of my question, but there was a Facebook event. You confirmed it. You actually interviewed people. Facebook lived it. You interviewed the uh, fighters. I, I, you know, I, I would have to defer. There are some things that you talk about with the president that you do not discuss on podcasts, and I would like to respect that uh, transparency. Uh, knowing you were coming on the podcast tonight as a representative for the podcast when you went, you didn't feel prepared to answer questions about the Kumite? I feel that I am here to answer any question that you want. For example, if well, you ask me a question you answer now, a I question will go ahead I'm and asking give you, you. I am telling you to give me an example, and you have not given me one example you know, of a question which I, I would love to do. I ask the questions. I've asked three pretty yes or no close. Let me rephrase. Did you have anything to do with the Kumite on Saturday at all? I cannot recall it this time if I did. I cannot recall it this time. Ladies and gentlemen, verbal tab is over. We are resting our case, and we will confirm in a closed-door hearing at a later time. Uh, that's our little parable for the day. Political humor! <laughs> no Yay! No one's better than us at bringing up the topical stuff, but let's just note the date in case we are carried away to a re-education camp in the next six to eight months. That's right. Tuesday. And all you fucks who listen to this in the future, this happened this week. So you fucking deal with us talking about it this week because we had to live through it. Hey, Tuesday, June 13th. <laughs> Raph was there. I was near there. I've watched a lot of videos to catch up. Things are heating up because, you know, the attorney general and the FBI director and the president are all saying, no, he's lying. Allegedly. And that's an interesting world to live in. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, all that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if somebody popped around a corner and was like, that was all a joke. Hillary Clinton's been running things, but we'll see. <laughs> Raph, you were doing awesome things all weekend. You got to go see a gym opening. I presume you wore a tux and there was a red carpet. I haven't seen the photos. I'll catch up and I missed the runway, but obviously I'm excited to hear about that. We're also going to talk about UFC fight night. It was an amazing, it, uh, I just have a lot to say about Mark Hunt. Mostly I have a lot to talk about and we're going to get to some things NBA related after we finally talk to Dana White. But first I want to hear about your weekend Saturday looked awesome. Uh, Monday looked awesome. I don't know where you were a few of those days. Fill us in. <laughs> All right. Here's what happened. Uh, my family got together because I promised them I would see them. Occasionally that happens, Kevin. Occasionally I forget. Oops. I haven't seen you guys in a while. I should probably show up for a family function or dinner or something. And they asked me, they said, Raph, are you going to miss covering something? And I said, probably. And at the time, I couldn't remember what it was. And then I remembered our good friend, Mike Frosto, was putting together a House of Gyms tournament. It was an eight-man purple belt tournament with killers. Our good friend, uh, Keith Krikorian, won. No surprise, he's also the young man who won over at the OC Open 
for our absolute there. And he was also at Ultimate Matt Warriors. He's just a killer. Damn. He's great. Um, he doesn't show up to gym openings, but I'll get to that later. So there's that. Then the next day, there was a lot going on. We had to split squad. So I was really happy to be able to make it out to the women's kumite. There was also a female uh, BJJ open mat that was going on. So I was very excited that that was happening as well. But um, don't forget, though, my friends over with the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, so that's Drew and Eric and Joey and Octavio, they were everywhere. So there were some people who were attending the uh, the uh, jiu-jitsu in the park. So that happened in one space. And then there were also the EBI 12 qualifiers for 10th Planet. Now, Kevin. What? How did I I'm miss that? I'm telling you this right there now. Wasn't a live oh, there feed? was too much jiu-jitsu. There was a live feed from a very lesser podcast named Matt Therapy. I'm just saying. Fuck. If it had yep. been a real podcast, I'd have seen it. Absolutely. Put that on a t-shirt. So now I might have been busy. I don't think I was. No, I don't think you were. So they uh, had a great uh, qualifier so that they could send a 10th Planet representative for the July 30th edition. And guess who won that? Who? So that would be Catherine Shen, who is the girlfriend to one Keith Krikorian. They are the new power couple in 10th Planet right now, Kev. Ooh. She won the 10th Planet Qualifier, which is grueling shit. And Those I need to send you a are, photo, actually. tournaments are real. Those tournaments, uh, when you see them fight each other, because it's really interesting. When Imagine having to fight the people you know. I mean, imagine, I'm just speaking from a, I, I trained through a barrel place. It's like, fuck, that's not, that's not cool. <laughs> There's a lot of people to get through that I have no business getting through. So in a competition setting, you know, the 10th Planet Systems... That's competitive. It's awesome. So Catherine Shen, you know, she's super good. But the photo I'm looking for right now is to show you exactly what she did (laughs) and the reaction she got. Now, Kevin, I need you to tell me your honest reaction when I put this photo in your Facebook chat. Okay? So Mm -hmm. keep an eye out for it in a second. But just to paint the scene, uh, she is – a badass. She's fun to watch. These two kids couldn't be more adorable. You know, her and Keith, they took uh, like the equivalent of like baby photos with one of their coffee sponsors as if the coffee was a baby. So kids, you know, being kids, but they're, they're super great. However, having said that, and having told you a little bit about her and saying like, oh man, she's like super nice. And she is. Tell me your honest reaction to the photo that will be coming over to you shortly. And again, paint exactly the picture that you see in the messenger. Fuck. Okay, well, this is complicated. Uh, Bravo's face is super helpful. Wow. Okay, the cursor just cleared, and I can see that in my picture-in-picture, I have two jujitsu fighters entangled. I'll explain that in a second because it's complicated. A twister-esque reverse position appears to be in place that is hurting my knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the corner, I can see Eddie Bravo, a child, and a woman. Is that his family? Or just a family? So. I don't know. I, don't, I, I presume there's a family uh, that's sitting next to Eddie Bravo. <laughs> that would be my presumption. 
Uh, or just a woman and child in Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo's face is hilarious because he is turning away. Child's awesome because he's not quite maybe focused or he's still looking directly at it. But I think he's looking away. Good call. Uh, ladies composed because ladies are usually composed. Uh, Eddie Bravo is losing his shit. Now let's go to the jiu-jitsu fighters where they're decked out in awesome spats and rash guards. One fighter is in the honey hole position on the left leg with the honey hole leg sort of reaped over. And she has a in it's an inside heel hook, essentially. But uh, the fighter is collapsed over her back that's in that position, making her knee in a disgusting position that looks like it's about to pop. And she has grabbed onto the head of the fighter in the honey hole. A real predicament. Um, how's that, Raph? It's pretty good. They look like uh, a pretzel of people, but girl on bottom has her neck grabbed, but also has top girl's leg. Crazy. It looks very similar to something I've seen in uh, pro wrestling, but normally the person is belly down and the person who is applying it. Fuck is way less compromised. Like, Catherine did enough to make everybody feel like their insides were going to be thrown up to their outsides. But if you know anything about her, she's a tough, tough competitor. So we are excited to see her compete. So that was going on on the one side. Then on the other side of the world, we have the women's kumite. So congratulations to Keith and Catherine, uh, two USS GL standouts. We are so excited to see them continue their thing. But that's not the only thing, Kev. So we had that going on. The women's kumite goes over. And I had the uh, fortunate, fortunate position of getting to interview all eight participants over there. Jason Youssef's gym put a $1,000 prize to whoever would win the women's kumite. Badass. Blue Old belts. school. This is yeah, what blood sport was, fuckers. Go on. So Jason uh, reached out, got these really, really eight badass female competitors. Everybody brought it. Uh, there was only one decision. So it was sub only for 10 minutes. And then if it didn't go to a finish, it was going to be a ref's decision. And there was only one decision throughout the entire tournament. So that was great to see. The rest, all finishes, all fairly quick as well. So it was it was a good day of jiu-jitsu. Uh, Michelle Nicole from Triumpho ended up winning, so congratulations to her. And I just felt really uh, cool and happy to witness when the women's BJJ group comes out, they show up. And it's really cool that they had an open mat preceding the actual kumite so that everybody could kind of like train a little bit, hang out, and then all of a sudden – when the matches were about to start, there's a whole group of uh, women from the women's open mat just coming there to support their brethren. So I thought that was awesome. So great stuff. Look for that. At Grapple TV, Kenny Jewell ended up doing a highlight package. I believe they have most, if not all, of the matches up Ref, already now. Real quick, I I'm excited to watch those matches. But who won the lady fight I'm staring at a picture of? <laughs> Uh, who won the fight in the uh, EBI photo I, I gave you? Yeah, do you know? Uh, the one on the top. What? <laughs> okay. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I, yeah. I need to hit the therapy ball. I'll just... yeah. you, uh, <clears throat> if you haven't learned anything about Catherine Chen yet, uh, be on the lookout. 
She's uh, she's a murderer, dude. Uh, she was the one that gross. beat Colleen Schneider over at our tournament in the Absolute. Ended up making some money with us. And, uh, you know, I have to say, she's she's a sweetheart. She's so nice that by the time we ended up putting up our promo video, which, by the way, uh, we have a uh, registration open for the USSGL San Diego, the San Diego Midway Open. Officially, if you go to USSGL.com backslash register, you can go and sign up right now. She Don't saw the, the promo video that we did. And she said, oh, my God, I'm so excited to have you guys come back. And I'm like, I'm excited you would even come. What are you talking about? You're excited for us. We're excited for you. Your career is taking off. This is amazing. You're a star. Exactly. Your you're fire is burning. It's awesome. Uh, clearly also a flexible fighter. And I'm telling you, we're going to find out ladies don't have ankles. Jiu-Jitsu is proving it. Once again, the numbers is all. like It's just science. And you can see my interview with her over on uh, the YouTube at Verbal Tap Cast. Um, you, I think you'll like her even more. So that was what was going on there. And then the day before, Kevin, you can't overlook the fact that Sean Megami from Dream BJJ or Dream Jiu-Jitsu had a kids tournament that had over 800 individuals participate. What? Yep. Just 800? How do you get that many people in a place? Uh, damn. All right. Right. So 800 as in, I believe that is the second biggest kids tournament possibly in the world. I would think it's rivaling like Masters or World's Masters kids. World's kids. <laughs> I believe it's kids' pants. Kids' and pants. That's right. Kids' pants has, I Masters think, 1,200. kids would be like. Yeah, Masters' kids. When they get to 12, it's just like the kids who are <laughs> like around, uh, rough around the edges who uh, just go. I've seen things. I've seen beer and bolos. You wouldn't even believe. I'm not going to fight any of these youthful seven-year-olds anymore. Not at my age. Yeah. It's funny. It's good stuff. Good. There's nothing like kids that don't. There's nothing like a 12-year-old kid being like, I remember when my knee worked great. (laughs) Graphic staring at his surgically repaired knee. We're going to be here all week. Five stars on iTunes if, uh, you know, you want to join in on the fun. And were you interviewing everyone post and before? What was your what was your sitch? So I took some photos throughout and then I interviewed the winner afterwards and then I interviewed Jason as well. But here's my favorite part about uh, the women's kumite was uh, we did all the interviews. We were Got of all. We got them all previewed on the preview show. So an hour's worth of preview. We had like moms tuning in and saying hello to their kids. It was really sweet. And a lot of the girls, what they wanted to do with the money was go visit their parents. And I thought that was pretty admirable. So at the very end, there was one thing that I thought was uh, pretty spectacular that I hope to make a series. But uh, Jason Yusuf competed at one of our tournaments. So after I did an interview about his tournament – I asked him to walk me through the footage of him competing. So he was describing what he saw, like the moves that he was doing, and I was doing what most of you know I do best, which is mercifully make fun of him. (laughs) And you know what? I think it's one of the funnest things I get to do. So uh, I hope you guys will like it. Um, He had a really cool – uh, Majid Hage kind of uh, baseball bat choke 
finish that he did with us over at the USSGL. We had great footage of it. And then he also, Kev, can you imagine this? Okay, stay with me here, okay? Yeah. Tell me yes or no if you've done this because I know the answer. Uh-oh. Have you ever <laughs> Have you ever performed a triangle from the back on somebody? As in I'm on their back and I triangle choke them? Mhm. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so you've done that, right? Yes. Okay. Have you done that while also performing an A-bar? Under no circumstances. Okay. Well, that happened. How? <laughs> you got to see the fucking footage. Don't I don't guess. ruin the fucking Kev, I'm here. Uh, I'm sorry, it was part. It was just what came of out. Here. <laughs> You're right. I, and look at me shitting on your product and theirs. I want to apologize to the athletes. I'll pay them. I, I don't. I didn't promise any money, but you know, Alex's gonna be nearby. I don't know. Maybe I can corner him. I'll I'll think about it, ref. Okay. I just like that now. Having heard that, do you feel like your back triangles are worthless? Yes. <laughs> now, like, logistically, God, I'm just attacking the choke like an asshole. It's like, what, what am I doing? And can I point out something? Nothing. When you're tall, it's not that impressive. It, right. I mean, it's just all legs at that point. You practically fall into it. Exactly. Like, most of the time, like, what do you do? You just move, and then all of a sudden, you're just halfway into the choke? That's unfair. That's not impressive. It's not. You're right. So Once again. <laughs> I, Keenan, when he does jujitsu, is just like whatever. <laughs> Listen, Keenan knows if you went up to Keenan and you said your tallness is responsible for thirty-five percent of your jujitsu, he'd probably be like, "Um, yeah, yeah." If he were, if Nick Marigoli were short, he'd be Nick Mariga boring. He'd be terrible at jujitsu. I couldn't agree more with you, Rafa Sparza, who said that. Wow. Okay. Oh, wait, I just – Nick Marigoli looks like he's American, so I thought when he won, at first I was like, yay, and then I was like, no, and I go, really? It's just Keenan like, without makeup. Or Damn what? it. <laughs> that would be amazing if Keenan's like, yo, I was injured, guys. Just kidding. I'm Nicholas Marigoli today. It's me. They're destined for a super fight coming up, and we're all going to win in that one. Ooh, I should put that on. Yeah. Someone throw ten grand at me. I'm just Put gonna... the ether out there. Yeah. Make the people feel it. I'll, I'll use the secret. I got it. Yep. I'm I'm locked in. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, uh, I, I'm looking forward to some footage too because I like seeing these, especially you know when we cover them. There's some vested interest, and there were some yeah. interesting moments in the pre-fights because you know you get to ask the fighters what they're thinking about beforehand. That's a fun time to fill because they're also yeah. nervous. This is a good time to talk to you. She's like, don't worry about that. That's later. I tried to ask them the most basic of questions. I only asked one of them what they expect to catch somebody with. And they kind of gave me that look like, really? You want me to say my strategy in front of everybody? (laughs) And I was like, "Eh, you know what I mean? Like, like, absolutely. Hold my beer. I shouldn't be (laughs) drinking beforehand, but excuse me. But the dumb part is I'm like, what? There's only so many. So what? Are you going to say arm bar? I'm going to be like, oh, my God. I totally didn't see that coming. Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, that was good. Um, but Kevin, you were watching the fights the night before. UFC. So on that Saturday, you yeah. were watching the UFC on uh, Fox Sports One. Tell me what you were seeing. Okay. Let's uh, wrap this. And then we're going to talk some 10th Planet because uh, uh, I'm curious also about the which talks you chose. 
let's weave in and start where we need to start. Mark Hunt defeated Derek Lewis uh, deep in the fourth round via TKO, and he was getting pretty well knocked up in the round one. And I say knocked up because Derek Lewis was throwing massive kicks, throwing him to the head, the torso, cut Mark Hunt's shin, and that was gross because his foot was covered in blood. And by the way, he kicks too, so there was some splattering. I had a little... It was like Tarantino had directed just that small part. It was like this. And Mark Hunt would bleed a lot in this fight. It's important to note. Uh, Around the end of round two, Mark Hunt starts to stage a comeback. It's like he kind of gets his footing and his timing with this big, strong dude. And Derek Lewis starts to lose a step, noticeably. The entire fight, Mark Hunt was dictating the pace and like bullying him into a corner. But in the first round, Derek Lewis was like knocking the shit out of him and moving out of the way. Uh, not any moss at the end of round two. Mark Hunt starts pounding him. And that pounding would persist throughout the fight. Derek Lewis had some moments after round two. He had some moments in round three. He had very nothing in round four. But all of a sudden, it looked like he couldn't move. He was getting kicked really hard in the leg. He was getting pushed up against the cage. He couldn't take him down. And Mark Hunt just rallied. And it was fucking spectacular. The announcer said... We were ready for this fight. I beg to differ. I don't think the world was ready because it shook. You could see parts of the cage moving, and the camera was struggling at one point, which was also awesome. Uh, Mark Hunt defeated him, and it's a brutal night when you put a guy into retirement. Derek Lewis, at the end of the fight, after he gets stopped with TKOs, it was the right stoppage. It was absolutely. He wasn't defending himself. He just also wasn't getting knocked out. It was astonishing. He's apparently getting married in a week. Not advised because of the pictures aren't going to be great. Neither would Mark Hunt's. His face was bleeding. His forehead was cracked. But he won the fight. Mark was super gracious afterwards. Derek gave a confusing post speech where he explained it was his lower back that was hurting him. Uh, noticeably in the fight, though, it looked like it was his left leg, uh, which mm. was getting punished with kicks. Raph, what does it mean when someone kind of retires at the end of a fight? So you and I, like, you sent me this message, and that's when I got home. And I could see our good friend Karen Bryant holding down the post-fight analysis. So, And live tweeting, because she's a yes. workaholic. Absolutely. Calm down, Karen. So afterwards, Very they were really tweet. cautious about the use of the word retirement. So they kept, get, like, dancing around it. And Kevin was like, oh, he's retired. And I go, is he? I'm not sure. They they seem to like not want to actually say those words. So they kept saying, well, what do you think if he did retire? Could he be retiring? Is it possible he's retiring? Kenny, if you were him, would you be retiring now? So anyway, there was a lot of really awkward interaction between everybody at that point with it. The question I have for you, though, Kevin. This is an important analysis question. So it's really going to test yeah. if your I skills. Or if I was mm-hmm. just, yeah. I'm not saying it like that, but you know, if you bring it up, it's not a bad test for that either. The note I have for you is as such. Did a barbecue rib dinner pre-match for Derek Lewis hinder his performance or did it help it? 
Honestly, I have expected him to be like, I needed to shit just so bad through this fight. That's just because that's how he looked. He honestly, halfway through round two, we went from this guy that they were like, how the fuck's he moving like this? Why is he kicking like Bruce Lee to being like, something's noticeably wrong with Derek Lewis. And I think, Raph, you just diagnosed it, which is interesting. You even watched the fight. That's how well you know barbecue. And that's impressive. Well, I also tend to have eyes in an Instagram account, which showed he was eating barbecue. He was having barbecue before his fight. And they said, all right, if this is him, he's going out on his terms. (laughs) And help but have an appreciation for it. And I know you said he wanted to like kind of shit himself. That was the kind of vibe he was giving off. Um, He is also the infamous like, I do boo boo. So, yeah. He is kind of that guy, and he is lovable. And this was a tough uh, fight to really have a favorite because Mark Hunt is to boom, <laughs> a beast. But to be very clear, how strange is this? <laughs> yeah. On that night, they weren't sure if there was one guy retiring who was younger and got sure. TKO'd, and one dude who you're like, is he retiring? How old because Mark Hunt? <laughs> Mark Hunt is 43 years old. And they only said that 90 times on the post show. And they said, is he retiring because of that? Maybe him suing the UFC thing because we keep giving him steroid dudes. And to their credit, them giving him Derek Lewis was their way of saying not only can this guy potentially knock you out, but look at him. He on steroids. Take that, Mark Hunt. That's amazing. And here's where uh, the barbecue is a that's a dicey move. But I also his post fight was just bizarre. So we'll see what's going on with Derek Lewis. But he immediately got into a Twitter after having barbecue. Oh, no, never. Okay, okay, Not going to happen. Okay, I don't have those sensibilities. I just you know, there's one man who is notorious out here. His name is Brian Peterson. And he cooks amazing ribs. And he did a seminar over at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club like about a year ago or something. And I remember distinctly going there and him saying he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but he's really a black belt at cooking ribs. And I don't know if you've ever had ribs post-training in jiu-jitsu. It's the best, worst experience. Yes. That salt intake I have had. And Andrew used to like to cook the steak. He did mm. the Brazilian stuff. It's fantastic. By the way. It's yeah. that kind of eat yeah. where you start sweating. It's perfect. As you're eating, <laughs> just go, well, this is, Feels this like is summer. both the worst and the best. So yeah, the there is that. Uh, the next few fights were a blur, Raph. The mm. next three all end in vicious TKO. And it was kind of awesome, but it was also UFC fight night, so they had so much time to fill. So it was like, let's dive back into the next card, brought to you by the UFC. (laughs) And you immediately went in. And I want to also shout out, how do I forget his name already? The British announcer, John Gooden. Awesome job. Yeah? Uh, Yeah. He had a lot of funny. He called, like, the end, he was like, what a fascinating opening stanza. <laughs> what did he just say? This is amazing. Uh, so he had a lot of phrases you like that. You did not tell me he was using 
adorable colloquialism. I, I, I quoted a lot of them on Twitter. So if you get a chance <laughs> to scroll through, I was like, I'm dying. He's so adorable. This is the cutest. He's like, what an exchange of batteries. And it's like, what? <laughs> uh, so filled in a lot, which was great. And uh, exciting seems super knowledgeably deep i was a little upset obviously it wasn't our uh good friend josh you know I, I think british that's what i think yeah josh palmer yeah and but you know i'll take good he's step up we gotta get that guy just as stage. good i want he and rogan side by side immediately oh, that'll crack rogan up along with the 200 milligrams what of if sativa. rogan has uh one of those uh those writers that says he can't fucking look at me in the eye. <laughs> I, I'd obey it. I'd be like, absolutely. Uh, consider me side eyes. Phillips. There's a big part of me that hopes that Joe Rogan also has Jamie on his podcast. Yeah. As his legal counsel. And so anytime he gets into trouble, he's like, yo, Jane, Jamie, pull that shit up. Would you, can you get my, my NDA? Pull that shit up, man. Could Got you? It. Okay. You you mean the one that says something about double stuff Oreos and Skittles? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> you mean that they have to have turtle wax for your bald head, pristine shine at all times, and it looks like you've been sweating for nine days straight <laughs> before you get on a pay per view? Yeah, we yeah. got that. Yeah, we know. You look healthy. That's for sure. You look like a nickel. Uh, Derek <laughs> Brunson knocks out Daniel Kelly at minute sixteen of round one. That was pretty good. I saw that. Fast and furious and right to the jaw. Uh, Daniel Hooker versus Ross Pearson, which was everything mm-hmm. I've ever wanted from someone named Hooker. And it was fantastic. It was like, Hooker's got a jab. And Hooker did have a jab. Uh, Pearson was knocking the shit out of Dan Hooker. And Dan Hooker was just like staying at bay and kicking him and punching him. And then threw a knee that ended the fight. With a, he even threw like the gentleman's hammer fist, where he stood over him and was like tap. <laughs> and the guy and the referee was like, "I've seen enough." <sighs> because Pearson was out, the referee had it's... to explain it to him as he got up. Yeah, he was no, like, "I, you were out. Ugh, were ugh, out. I'm watching Pearson it right like, now." Nope. What? What are you talking about? It's like you were out. You, I swear to you, you were out. The referee <laughs> was fantastic. The mm. referee did a spectacular job during the Lewis Hunt fight, separating an eye poke and making Hunt take a break. That might have saved the fight for Hunt, by the way. The referee was fantastic. Uh, Hooker need the shit out of Pearson and then raised the crowd up and was a crazy person. I think Hooker might <laughs> might do drugs casually. That's just my read of the landscape. Not the dangerous or steroidal kind, but like that guy likes acid in music festivals. I can tell you right now. Sure. I just always have a moment when the mouthpiece goes flying. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's, it's, gr- it's brutal. It's hard to take in. Crushed his jaw with his knee. You know, that'll take anybody down. <laughs> I, and I guess I've never thought of it in this context. Like, I look at it as a concerned human, but I've never looked at it from the dentist standpoint of, oh, fuck. Going to have to fix that on Monday. Or do they look at it and say, ooh, someone just paid for a vacation? <laughs> there was a. <laughs> uh, okay. I want to talk about this next fight and this next human being. Ian Kutaliba, mm-hmm. the Hulk, or cute, la- cute labia, as I kept thinking. Because <laughs> his name is Q 
Cute Lava. But it's cute. Cute lava. labia is what you were calling him. It's just what I saw when they were like cute lava. I was like cute lava. It is one letter away from labia, and the human brain connects end to end. That's not my fault. Cute labia. It's anyway. His nickname is the Hulk, and he went. The referee had to interrupt the fight before it started. During announcements from the Republic of Moldova. The Hulk, Ian, went all the way across the cage to the end line of his opponent, Enrique De Silva, Frankenstein, and stared him down. And not like just gave him a little puff and chest and walked back. I honestly thought he might murder him. We mm. all did. So did De Silva. The next thing you know, 22 seconds to be just specific... Enrique De Silva is knocked unconscious by Ian Cutaliba. Would Punched. you say that he turned Enrique to dead? <laughs> yeah, he found Enrique, yeah. Uh, Frankenstein nickname with an overhand right. It was <laughs> fucking brutal. So we're going to remember Cute Labia. He's going to be back. <laughs> you, dude, I understand cute labia this one's gonna be a tough one for me to top he's gonna murder me he will fuck we're gonna see him in a grappling tournament i know it this guy's insane can't even be like agro labia like oh it's an aggressive labia this one's just like look how cute it is it's adorable look at it have you seen a labia with this cute before and then it punches you like oh and it really fucks you up got it uh tim elliott my man from right across the state line in Missouri. Got choked out by Ben Nguyen in 49 seconds. I don't even know how it happened. I think it started with a knee. But Ben took his back so fast and choked him so fast it was hard to remember. Here's what I can uh, summarize. I have the, the highlight clips going on as we go here. So uh, 49 this, seconds. Have... There's only one yeah. highlight clip, by the way. I would well, imagine Tim trying to initiate a throw. And then as a result of yeah. it, uh, you had Ben Nguyen going, Ooh, free back. Awesome. Gets up, starts punching to get control. Gets like that seatbelt Yoda backpack. If you would gets, uh, the pressure to go ahead and pull him down, gets the choke in, gets the tap and smiles. The smiliest of smiles. Just so that's crazy person. Smiles. Yeah. Real, real psychopath stuff. And it's weird because on the link here, it says Ben Nguyen. And over on the right-hand side, it says up next, 25 seconds to fame. And that's the next video. And I want to be like, well, I mean, that was like, what, 45 seconds? So, <laughs> woof. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about this next fight. I'm excited to see what happens with Ben Nguyen next. Guy deserves yeah. a title shot. Tim Elliott was the first person to give Mighty Mouse a real scare. Mm-hmm. Ben Nguyen looks good. That guy's set. Uh, yeah. This next fight is hilarious in retrospect <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Mizuto Hirota. Volkanovsky was amazing. He took the fight in numerous places. He knocked him out. And then, Raph, get this. when After mm. knocking him on his back, he pulled fucking for the leg lock. 
He mm. pulled Ashigarimi. He was like, I'm going to heel hook this motherfucker. Stat. It was unbelievably ballsy. Didn't work. Fight was amazing until the end. Mizuto Hirota did nothing but fire bombs. Uh, and then at the end of the fight, Volkanovski rightfully got the decision because he won the fight. He absolutely okay. did. 30-27 on all three scoring cards. But then he went on a post-fight speech that was weird. Uh-oh. He was trying to explain. He's Australian, so he does speak English. Just a big heads up because there was some speculation on Twitter that maybe he doesn't speak this language. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> he was <laughs> explaining that there are a lot of bad guys in the 145-pound decision. There are a lot of bad boys. Everybody's a bad boy. And he said bad boy like seven times. <laughs> he goes, so give him to me. I'm a good boy. I'm a good guy. I'm a, I'm a good guy. And we're all like, the fuck is he talking about right now? And Brian says, like, is there anyone specifically? He's like, there's a lot of bad boys. I'm a good boy. I'll fight him. And we're all like, what the fuck? Twitter exploded for one minute after this fight and this fight alone. Everything else was just like, wow, that was amazing. This was hilarious. And then Volkanovsky had the stones after his erotic Tantra speech about good and bad and where he could be directed. He proceeded to explain he should get fight of the night bonus. Now, Mm. mind you. The previous five fights I've described to you had stunning finishes. And this dipshit, because he was the first night of the first fight of the night, was like, oh, clearly can't top that. And then every fight proceeded to top that. Just as a big heads up performance wise. It was amazing. Wow. It was a great That's night. impressive, Kev. You know, there are a lot of highlights. This might be one of your best recaps I think we've seen you do in a bit. So fun. It was just a fun night. It was a fun because night of fights. I want to circle back. Now, first of all, the descriptions, stellar work, Kevin. But if we can be so honest, and that is one thing we pride ourselves on this sure. show, Kevin. We're always honest. Can you give me a little bit of that? announcer the commentator that you said was so good throughout the evening <laughs> we've had a smashing of excitement and lightning of dashery really soft and feminine in the hunt <laughs> fight he's like hunt is proving once again just heart and aggression is <laughs> so aggressive. It was amazing. John Gooden <laughs> is good at this. And Brian Stan was right next to him. It was perfect. I would like to say this, guys. Mark the date and time. It is what? June 13th, 2017. It's taken four years and change. <laughs> I don't like where Kevin this is started. has finally <laughs> established an impression that I am willing to sign off on this show because we have never had one for Kevin and we have tried and Kevin has stupidly fallen into impressions that he didn't know he could do, but he went full steam ahead. The Neva was still good when we did around the mat and you made me describe how it would go in a Boston accent for no reason. No reason. It was very motivated, Kevin. We're if you can't fun. see the motivation, it's not my fault. Yeah. I just want to point out that the there have been times the Oscars. I get it. when you have gone out of your way 
to try and do an impression, and it just, you know, it didn't work out for you. It didn't but go off. Awesome. Much like jujitsu, you persisted and you found your way to your first stripe. And they say the first stripe is the hardest, Kevin. You're all, you've quoted a lot of pop songs. You said oops earlier, and I heard, I did it again. You immediately, and now you're baiting me with some 90s pop, and I'm not interested in that rap. I can go there. I'm just letting you know, Kevin, I in no way made reference to oops, I did it again. I merely <laughs> just said the word oops because. And then you started I the sentence with I. You did start it, you baited me further. I remember. Uh, there was a our fact checker back in the podcast. I want to go ahead and say there was a clear space and delineum between oops and the I because I want to break up the action. But Kevin, the reason I had you bring up this gentleman, this is breaking news, everybody, in case you haven't heard this. But Bellator has signed Mike Goldberg and Mauro Ronaldo, so we are. Oh. Beyond stoked. Now, Kevin, We're in full what are your mode. initial impressions here? That's amazing. You got some Goldie. That's a that's a good sign for them. Finally, they signed a, an aging star that makes sense. And that's <laughs> the poster they should make. I couldn't help but think to myself, though, Kevin, when we said goodbye to Goldie, it was it was a little bittersweet because they just didn't care and they didn't treat him properly. But I think we all knew this was coming, right? Oh, this is very – I mean, if you're in a caddy relationship in college, you're like, I'm going to date someone that lives in that dorm. This is that. This is very – yeah. So when I hear this, I couldn't help but note that <laughs> when they announced them, I was like, they're not going to work the same broadcast together, right? Because that doesn't sound good. To have the two of them working it. Uh, apparently, the idea is that they're going to do a big grab bag. So I don't think the two of them are necessarily going to work together, but they're going to uh, join a broadcast team that includes uh, Jimmy Smith, a.k.a. Fake Joe Rogan, Jen Brown, and Chael Sonnen. So Goldberg and Sonnen sounds like an entertaining matchup. If I'm being honest, do they tag team it? Do they take different matches? Um, I don't know, because this is going to go on the play by play for Bellator next week, which uh, apparently, Kev, news to me, is a pay-per-view. They're charging people for this. Yeah. And here's the best part. It's uh, Bellator NYC, Sonnen versus Silva on June 24th. And I was going to ask you if you give a shit about this fight, and I can't believe they're going to make it a pay-per-view. No way. That many people like Chael Sonnen. But can we have a real discussion about the fact that Chael is going to be on the fight card, is at the top of it, and they include him in the little insignia here that says a broadcast team that already includes Jimmy Smith, Jen Brown, and Chael Sonnen. So... Is Chael commentating in between fights? Or <laughs> that would be okay. That would be kind of cool, but I'm still not paying for it. It's just not. It's a deal breaker. I mean, Kev, old we, guys, old guys fall. Yeah, you know, I, I have no idea how this is going to go. I can tell you this: I don't think they're working together. If they do, it's going to be the loudest broadcast you've ever heard. <laughs> And we'll but find I out also, if the UFC mandates he wears that leather jacket or if it was a choice at the moment <laughs> we see him. 
But I also can't help but think that, like, if you did put the two of them together, not only would it be loud, but it would be the most excited group of people ever talking about MMA. And does he get to take it's all over now? Oh, these are questions we'll find out. If you're going to pay for the pay-per-view, I, I probably will not. We're going to need to talk to some friends. So anyway, that's what's uh, breaking news over there. So congratulations. Uh, those are two people who I think had bad breaks at their previous job. And just they have a true passion for the sport. So I am happy to see them uh, sign Experience on. Experience calling both of the fighters in the main card mm-hmm. since they're teens. So that'll be nice. <laughs> That's catty. That's just me being catty. And that's not fair. I'm uh, boring. But I do like that Goldie signed. Nice job, Goldie. Checkmate, Uncle Dana, whom we're going to talk to right after Raph. You tell us about, you got to tell us about 10th Planet. There's another one near you. Why were you at an opening? What tux? Who designed it? Did you have a speech prepared when you went? Um, I always have a speech prepared. That's foolish. Um, I was wearing uh, Nawaza apparel. Oh, I've my... heard of it's a hot designer, obviously. So hot right now. Uh, had that going on. I made my way over to 10th Planet Marietta. Our good friend Drew Murillo had his gym opening. So if you guys are in the Temecula area and you're looking for a place to grapple, you're going to want to go to 10th Planet Marietta. Drew will take care of you. Now, I was excited because, Kev, what if I were to tell you it was instruction from one – Marvin Castell. Um, uh, infamy in recent jiu-jitsu circuits because he's a very competitive EBI competitor, uh, ADCC, and has hit some unbelievable uh, rolling heel hooks, better known as Raph. I've lost the name entirely. You're... Are you talking about his nickname? Yes. The Separus? No, I was talking about... Uh, what is the name of the fucking... I'm going to go to Leg Lack Academy. Hold on. <laughs> oh, Jesus, he's, he's Kevin. He's known for, his, for some uh, like rubber guard. He's got an Iminari. Iminari roll. His Iminari roll. Yes, that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Iminari. Oh, that would have hurt. Jiu-Jitsu Guys, I'm bomb. always wondering what's going to happen when... Kevin really loses it on air. Like if we discover that Kevin really has like a breakdown and I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I'd I move like, Lexic. Oh. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I couldn't be happier because I've never actually attended a class or a seminar of his. So uh, I was shooting photographs. We'll have some of those up a little bit later. But was it awesome? such a nice thing? Oh, yeah, it was great. It was absolutely great. Oh, you probably, yeah. I mean, go take his class. We're not going to describe what he taught on air for Kevin. We're just not going to do that. That's I mean, the, there you know. were two things that I thought, well, Kevin has put himself in that position. And God, those are good Marvin. things to know because Kevin likes to think now that he has really good leg attacks. And he tells me no, often. No, 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 And no. I'm always like, Kevin, listen, I think humility, as one Kendrick <laughs> Lamar says, it is important to be quiet, be humble. I did start and yet, this. I admit that on this podcast. Well, why don't you explain it then? I would love to hear that. No, I didn't start this conversation. I baited you earlier by putting words in your mouth, and now you're... 
what what did you do? I, I'm I'm speaking the truth, Kevin. That's all I do. You're hitting me with a hard. You think you're great at letting it text. I I'm mediocre at best, but I do practice them. Oh, okay. I just no. I mean, the way that you describe it is just a lot of like, oh my god, they're so easy. Now. <laughs> I don't understand why you have such an issue with them. And all I ever do is just smile and nod, as I do when I allow Politely. someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To like, you know, dig their own grave. But, you know, Kevin's just been like, Raph, I'm changing the game in Lake Box. And I say, sure. If you say so, Kevin. So, really, I think what he was teaching us was stuff that you already know, Kevin, and maybe even have already innovated twice over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like to think of myself as uh, just, uh, I mean, I do think of myself and Marvin because still in the same category. Absolutely. But, it, you know, he's obviously, we're, we're close. It's good to know he's so, being competitive. Of course. Marvin just came back from a uh, huge overseas uh, venture. He was out in Eastern Europe all over, traveled around, came back. And uh, it was good to, to run into him and his uh, uh, X-Break squad. And, like, they're good at what they do. I don't really know how else to describe it to you. But Marvin is uh, part motivator, part great coach, um, part tactician and he's got swag to him so uh who knows maybe we'll see more from him uh <laughs> i know he's got a super fight with uh one nikki ryan and i think that match may be hot fire so you guys are want to keep a lookout for that i think it's either coming up this weekend or next weekend so uh check your local listings guys that's on you <laughs> i'm not looking it up so um very excited for that and it was good to see all, all the people there and it was just so happy kev you know drew He's excited to put together uh, his 10th planet. He teaches so well, and he's doing a great job over at Van Nuys, and it's good to see him get his props. And the facility, Kev, if I could tell you, it has a very 10th planet Las Vegas feel. In that it's comfy and decorated with gentlemen? Yeah. Perfect. Like, it's really spacious. There's a giant American flag, Kevin, which I guarantee you, when you see some of these photos, you're going to think I'm a good photographer, people. Is there Please a, no, I'm not. Is there like a spiritual gnome that might look like a five ten Adonis named Andrew Rom just giving you <laughs> advice? No, he was not there. Okay. And you know what? I'm Andrew. At one point, when I saw him last time in Vegas, I was like, "We got to do something about the way that Kevin idolizes you." And he was like, "I know, man. Sorry, it's okay. Seen seen the light. He does like you, so there is that. You know." I, I will leave it at that. I'm likable. Uh, I'm not crazy. Mm, I'm, you're I, mean, I'm, I brought edibles. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, you guys, the important thing to know is that Kevin's changing the game. So it's not like Andrew could really teach him anything or that Marvin could teach Kevin anything. He's just he's innovating at a speed that the Danaher <laughs> Death Squad look at. And they say, <laughs> what? Uh, Shut the fuck up, Kevin. No. Hey. I could take the Gary route to data her success. I just need to practice my hand jobs a lot more, and I'll be right up there. Right there. Anyway, that was definitely uh, Kevin Phillips. You can find him (laughs) at PhillipsKevin1 on the Twitter if you have any comments, concerns, hints, or allegations. Uh, Five stars. Just uh, leave a review there. That's all he has before he dies. (laughs) That's all I need. I just need to. Issue a public apology to Marvin Castillo. I'll find him privately, I think. 
we, would that we be so control. great though, Kevin? Is like, what if you were the first person to die as of complications of heel hook? Imanari death. I, I'm yeah. not opposed to it. I do enjoy the way it sounds <laughs> preliminarily, and it's like the way 2017's gone. It's like let's roll the <laughs> dice on some infamy. But also know that Marvin teaches, I believe, the uh, mid-afternoon morning classes over at 10th Planet Headquarters. Or if he's doing a seminar near you, I would highly suggest to go. Speaking of seminars, my good friend uh, Antonio Lopez, Moses Antonio Lopez from Drysdale. He's going to be out in North Carolina. Uh, he has a seminar coming up he very soon. He was in Say by the Bell? Mm, no, he he's going to hurt you. See, Kev, <laughs> he also is of the footlock nature. God damn it. Why are all your friends footlock people? Because that's Jesus. what's happening now. That's what people do. Uh, put the gi back on, Raph. <laughs> Please. Did I tell you there are some people who, when they see me, they go, Raph, I didn't know you trained in the gi. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare oh, you? You don't know about the gi slut, Raph Esparza? <laughs> Mr. Freaky? Are you not paying attention? Oh, my goodness. Kevin, wow. this has become an intervention episode that I was not ready for. <laughs> And I don't know who's getting more of the intervention, but let me go ahead and say this before I'm finished. If you guys are out in the Virginia area, uh, you've got uh, Antonio, who's going to be doing some great uh, footlock seminar kind of stuff. I think he's taking privates, but he's going to be in the North Carolina MNR, uh, area. It is the Honey Badger footlock seminar. That is Thursday, June 22nd, 645. Why 645? I don't know. To 930. And uh, that is at Elevate MMA Academy. So look for that if you are so interested. I would be there because I took it. And my footlocks aren't great. They're not like Kevin's, guys. I'm so sorry. I hate to bring it up again. Trying, They're not like Kevin's. I'm not trying to drop. I'm not trying to, like, compare. I'm not bringing attention to what Kevin said. I'm just saying my truth. I'm speaking my truth. <laughs> and they did get better because of uh, Tony. So there's that. That's all I'm saying, Kevin. My truth is such a good neutralizer. Raph, I, I apologize, but mm. I have to kind of put you on hold for this next segment. I really don't want to talk to him anyway, so that's fine. We, we've had the issues. You two recently. don't get along. We, we it's used on to. record. You used yeah. to. Years ago, he loved you, but now it just doesn't work. No. And you both know what you did. You know, you happen to fill time with a small comedic bit, and that's, that's your curse. <laughs> It'll never be the same. Uh, we're going to put Raph on hold because I need to bring on, and I'm so thankful for his time, president of the UFC, kind of. I mean, he sold it, but he's the spokesperson, president, sort of interim. Uh, Dana White to talk about his feud with Demetrius Johnson. President White, I want to thank you for joining us, and I want to start with this first question. It's good to be here, you fucking dummy. And yeah, I am the interim UFC president because we hand that shit out like we do interim titles. Boom! Uh, wait, don't make fun of yourself before. I, I was going to ask you about your bullshit interim title thing. But uh, okay, yeah, well, now right. I Take can. that fucking. I already figured out your fucking dumb questions. Next one. Uh, yes, I am bald by choice. Next. <laughs> uh, does the carpet match the drapes then by choice? Uh, I don't recall if I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Is it a good idea to be fighting with your 115, 125, uh, your mini superstar, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson? Let me tell you something about fucking Demetrius Johnson, okay? First of all, when he talks, I hear him, but I can't see him. You know why? Because he's like 
fucking too small for me to even lay eyes on. You know what it's like? It's like Jack and the Beanstalk whenever I'm around him. Uh, okay. How? Wait, explain Jack and the Beanstalk. How? Yeah, because like I'm the fucking like giant. He's fucking like tiny. And I look around. And he's got like he keeps trying to give me these beans, and I'm like, what the fuck are these things? Get the fuck out of here. Just doesn't sound right at all. I mean, I, I'm not trying to interject. Listen, opinion. you know, a lot of shit's going to not make sense to you. You know why? Do you mm. see the statements that I said that he's not the pound for pound best boxer I saw or that, yeah. best fighter in the fucking UFC? You know why I said that, Kevin? Why? Because he's not. You fucking <laughs> dummy. You think he's the best pound for pound fighter? I mean, there's an argument. I, I don't potentially because I think John Jones could beat him up. And that's always kind of my measurement. We pound. talked about that. We talked about that fight. I'm not going to lie. And <laughs> who turned it down? Uh, I'm not going to say, but they might have hit somebody while they were in a car. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that makes sense. Uh, though I would just make a small side bet. Uh, if we did that fight in a barn, John Jones not on cocaine, Mighty Mouse on cocaine, it's an interesting fight. Yeah, it's not a bad fucking idea, uh, except for the fact where it's fucking stupid. Okay. Anyway, put here's it in your the road thing I show. Want. Dana White looks for a fight. <laughs> it's just, I'm throwing it out there. Listen, kid, I'm here to do the fucking jokes. You stay to the straight man of this fucking bit. <laughs> Got it. Sorry about that. It's uh, fine. If you try to be funnier than me, we have a big problem here. I've heard that from your staff. So explain to us your side of this. Why are you calling him out on Twitter and challenging him? She. Here's what the problem is. He gets this pig head and he's only a little body and I don't want him to get a big head because he's only like fucking what? 4-1? I don't know. He's like Mickey Mouse or some shit. Is that what he is? Is he Mickey Mouse or Mighty My, Mouse? You've mostly just described his physical attributes. Like, and I feel like this is a recurring theme with you. Why should I'm just he, saying why should he he's not up? one of the fucking big guys, okay? <laughs> you know how many Demetrius Johnsons it takes to make a Roy Big Country Nelson who is dead to me? Uh, one and eight fifths. We actually did this one day for a retreat. We did it. <laughs> and what's the, do you know the result? Yeah. You know what it was? We got all the guys together and we said, Hey guys, take as many of Demetrius Johnson as you can and see where you could fit them in. It's I, like, I you know, know that everybody. jelly bean thing where they say how many jelly beans are in this fucking thing. Yeah. That's what we do with Roy Nelson. Yeah. There's 1.125. Demetrius Johnson's inside Ronda Rousey. I get it. I'm not going to confirm or deny any of this bullshit. Hey, <laughs> let me tell you a few things. What I'm excited about. Hmm. I'm excited about fucking Conor McGregor finally, maybe, taking on Floyd Mayweather because he's the best pound-for-pound -pound UFC fighter that we sent to boxing. Okay, well, I didn't bring you here to trash Demetrius side, sideways, but I like that you're doing it, and you're bringing up something I want to talk about. Do you make money in this? Like, I, I don't, a thousand percent in your role. Are you sponsoring the fight, or is boxing? Like, who's... <laughs> Do I make fucking money on this? <laughs> yeah, I'm an idiot. I, I no, know that. I didn't. I, you know. Here's oh. what happened. They took it away from me, Kev. Oh, Dana. I was in the middle of it, and then they fucking got me fucking... Ari Gold fucking oh, did got I, in the you've been great on the show this year, The Ultimate Fighter. You're gonna, you're gonna pop back. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck it. I'm gonna fuck that guy. Well, Listen, you know I don't want to. I don't want to fucking get emotional okay. on your show, but I'm gonna tell you one fucking thing, and this I know this to be true. 
I don't know why we're doing this fight, but I know that it's going to make money. So, yeah, I do know why we're doing it, actually. Okay. Yeah, it was like, to make money. I mean, but, I mean, a lot of people on Twitter are saying that I'm only saying Conor McGregor is the best pound-for-pound fighter because he's my buddy. And that couldn't be further from the truth. You're, I hate that guy. You're saying it to piss off Demetrius Johnson. We get it. Absolutely. Truth fact. <laughs> Heard here from president of the UFC interim, interim. forever. Thank you. Dana White. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Go That's fuck good. yourselves. Will do. Hundies. I'm going to bring Raph back. Just a fury of emotions. Raph, you missed another great Dana rant. I mean, he's... He's corkscrewing out of control, but in a controlled way. He seems very um, like he needs like a a release. Yeah, like he needs to get it out of the system. Uh, Kev, speaking of this whole Connor and Floyd situation, yeah. So we put up this article today, and it was <laughs> this is my favorite thing. Breaking: ESPN reports the deal is done. Floyd and Connor have side contracts. Fight is on. Now, the best part of this is the first person who responds on our thing and says, yeah, I don't see ESPN confirming that anywhere. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) So kudos to the people who pay attention. But you have to understand, (laughs) we don't care. It's enough to get people talking, and that makes us laugh. But there are a few uh, notable uh, discussions that happen here, Kevin, that I think are important enough for us to give some consideration to. So I'm going to send this over your way as well. But um, it is – like I'm going to ask this again. Do you want to see this fight? Yes. Okay. And why? Uh, I don't know. I'm bored. <laughs> I, I'm really nervous. I'm never going to see either of them fight again if they don't get over this. It's like are they making money to just appear right now? I don't understand. They're fighters. One of them is in the private I think that they have some uh, vested interest in some publications that make money off of how many times their names get mentioned. So Um wait. MMAimports.com. <laughs> don't read the source of it. It's way worse if you try to read. Like cuz the worst part is we have somebody down here <laughs> There's a news conference. MMA Imports has become the inquirer of MMA news. When were they not? When were they the beacon of fucking MMA reporting? This is hysterical shit, though. Okay. To report someone else breaks a headline is pretty funny. It's great, Kevin. Uh, Breaking. Kevin had toast in the morning. (laughs) We, I was thinking like way larger than that. We should just do the New York Times by completely copywriting. We're like breaking <laughs> New York Times reports and then just their headlines. So like, how easy <laughs> is that? That's nothing. But you did source it, so it does technically work. Okay, let's read a couple of these because they, they are pretty entertaining. And did you send me because, okay, I'm going to the Facebook link because I, I apologize. I went to the link first like a fucking idiot moron i just like your uh, i do like your comment by the way uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> now the dumb part is i feel like uh-huh if you know us is enough to say proceed with caution because i'm tired of saying that so i try to find things that are winks and nudges and you know proceed with caution in its own way but uh some of these people maybe didn't pick up on that kev wow yeah we got some real talk about this fight 
We got some very real talk, Raph. Okay, let's do it. Uh, you want me to start right up at the top? Yeah. Justin Ackley hits us with some in-depth. Uh, he says, quite frankly, um, as we're sort of prompting who wants to see this fight, I do. I don't know that we necessarily prompted that. We did not I think prompt he just this. said, I do, which, by I, the way, is a great response. I'd rather see Canelo fight, but I don't mind watching thus either. Well, typo. And don't be mm. confused. I like the start of Anne. Bold. Those who said they would watch the highlights obviously wants to see it too. They just don't want to pay. But that's why you just got to go to eat that night and pay for your consumption cost instead. You commented, you smart, because he's suggesting go to a restaurant. Get a little social. Have a beer and some wings and watch that shit. I'm in. Make it a day, dude. Go to the B-dubs and give them some love. Mm Mm-mm. So, okay. Take your bay. (laughs) Don't watch fucking Netflix for one goddamn night. Uh, This one is great. John Ball. Anyone who buys this fight is a fucking stupid idiot and really needs to check the self out. Now, check the self out is in quotation marks, and there are four exclamation marks there. (laughs) So I'm not going to read it with that many exclamation marks. But uh, you get the idea. I also take – I like Robbie Bloom's sort of take on uh, passive-aggressive. Oh, too bad I have something else more important going on that night or I would totally care about this. I, I love the passive-aggressive it is to it. But I thought that that one in particular was as close to, oh, I have to wash my hair. Yeah. Most likely to be a line from Greece. Robbie Bloom gets that award. Uh, Andre Stickelman said – the little pussies are going to hit each other with their purses. Uh, this is an allusion to pre-fight celebrations. I guess I don't watch boxing enough, but that sounds interesting. I guess so. Or Yeah, I mean, purses can play in two different levels, but I think they meant to say that they're effeminate, so they have purses, Kevin. <laughs> oh, uh, hold on. I want to talk about Caleb Quinn's quick confession. I love this post a lot. I've got a $100 bet going that says this fight will not happen. I have a feeling I will be going to the ATF soon. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) I love being sure of things earlier in time and then being like, fuck. (laughs) Uh. (sighs) All right, here we go. I'll read the last one, or at least the last one we'll read. But this fight is useless. Lots of money involved to watch. MC Gregor, which, by the way, I love MC Gregor more than anything in my life right now. On the floor, can't cope with him. Is a boxer real boxer? Way better than him. Hope get injured every single round, twat. One day, someone will end your carrier forever because the injuries. Don't show off. Be genuine. Be a real man. But they had a lot of ellipses here. Uh, Luciano, we need to talk about your language on Facebook. Yes. I don't think we can use the T word. (laughs) Well, one day someone will end your carrier, Kevin. So maybe he's going to lose his, like, mobile service. Or I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work here. get injured every single round, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) 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 What the fuck is wrong? (laughs) 
Because the injuries, Kevin. Because how the- angry, how angry a message can one leave? I don't know, but that's uh, that's up there. Life is life's fantastic on the social media. MC Greco, hey, dude. Thanks don't everybody for uh, following along. We like our <laughs> Facebook crowd. You keep us safe. So, <clears throat> and I just want to say I do think this fight is happening. But Raph, we have some stuff to get to that's for my own personal amusement. Yes, you and I both keep track of things that are going on, and some weird shit happened with this NBA playoffs. And we want to give the chance for everyone to like you know not an NBA fan. Hey, thank you for listening. You've been amazing. But from this point on, I'm gonna grill Raph about his take on LeBron James because you all have to hear it (laughs) and. We're going to talk a little KD. We're going to talk a little ball in a cultural way. This thing could get, uh, you know, culturally broad, meaning politics, whatever. Wrath, let's start Fast and Furious. Two nights ago, I guess it was like five nights ago, we had a Twitter exchange that upset me when they were winning. It was Friday night. You were like, oh. Hold on, hold on. Did this really upset you? Yeah. Okay. Not. Not like friendship wise. I was just like, I, I know. Ah. I, I have kept, we're rock solid. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. I was like, no, like nothing, with nothing real. This was very superficial. And once you argued it, I only fell in love more because of your <laughs> conviction. But we're going to get there. Uh, we are talking about the Cavs game that they won. They only won one of them. We're going to start with the Cavs because, you know, there's not much to say. You said, uh, I hate when LeBron's winning. What is your deal? He's gone back to the land. He delivered a championship. He's undoubtedly headed to your Lakers or the Celtics in the near future, though I think he should join the Spurs and pop and release his potential. You are a little bit of a LeBron corrector. I want to hear your stance on this. It's not a LeBron corrector. It's a why do I have to care about him? I understand he was bad in train wreck. You don't have to hold that against him. Of course like I do. A year and a half later. Listen, I don't go to a basketball court and expect him to appreciate me. He went into my art of You're entertainment. Yes. Uh, and uh, he is perpetually threatened that he is going to take on the movie Space Jam, which I say no. And you know what? We romanticize Space Jam, not just for its amazing soundtrack, but as if we are saying Michael Jordan was this great actor. Because if we're being honest, and now if you have kids, get them very far away from it. Space Jam is nothing more than sucking Michael Jackson's. I'm sorry. The other MJ, the lesser MJ, Michael Jordan's dick. <laughs> For an hour and 15 minutes. Literally every <laughs> word of dialogue in that movie is, Michael, oh, you're so good. Oh, MJ, I want to be like you. It's where it's we like, were. Oh, it's just where Jesus we were. Jesus Christ. It was what the world was like. Now, here's well, the they thing. could have never foreseen someone would be better than him. No. And there is nobody better than him. Like the LBJ. narrative says so. I will know he is not. He has lost five times. There is a very funny meme of Kobe Bryant counting the number of times. <laughs> I did see that one. Pretty, anytime Kobe's doing something condescending, is great. Now, Kevin is Kobe's been the big winner. I saw a funny meme that was like uh, Durant joined the Warriors because, and then it was a meme of LeBron and the big three in Miami because LeBron joined them to beat. 
and then it was a big three uh the Gar- garnett pierce allen and then it was to beat him and it was just kobe and i was like nice <laughs> now, Kev, sick bird sick you got bird, me started on fans. this and i'm gonna need a little time so while i've take my time i'm going to send you the meme of the ninja turtles that depicts the nba finals I'm excited allow about both you of these to see things. that you can watch that while i'm in my prime right now all right awesome. here's the thing lebron james i don't need to like him i don't need the media to tell me i need to like him he is very good at the basketball and i feel great in knowing that he almost wins a number of times and yes there are some great memes that come out that make the case for him that say oh it took four Olympic gold medalists, three Tiananmen Square tanks, 19 different people from different spy agencies four nuclear to break submarines down in the LeBron Bay Four of them. But you know what? He lost. And in a team sport, as much as you want to put the individual on there, and yes, while his accomplishments are great, I don't have to care. It is not my responsibility. So while I think it's great, he does shit for kids and buys them food and gives them shelter. He's a good person. I will 100% admit that in that regard. In some other ways, I just don't care. So Kevin. This meme is fucking fantastic. I will have you describe it shortly, but I will take questions starting in one minute. I want to continue this. The fact that he is perpetually threatened to take on Space Jam. I am furious because we don't need to remake that movie. And more importantly, we don't need to remake it with an actor who cannot act as well. Kevin, I'll take your question. So can I ask, is it just about the fact that LeBron sucks as an actor? It's a heavy part of it. That is, that is very bad. And the Sprite commercials never help. And, I just listen when I see him play, I think to myself, cool, whatever. But when I looked at you and I go, you know, what? I don't mind watching him lose because I was too busy going to my friend Drew's opening for his 10th planet. <laughs> I, yeah, forgot you were. I would not be able to see my favorite TV show, which is LeBron loses. Uh, I watch it again next year. And that's <laughs> that's the problem. He's going to be in the finals again next year, which is the tough part about very potential, but you know what? Odds say it's a 50-50 coin flip. So in Kevin, terms of the scoring and the supporting cast, you're not like, wow, this guy's really carried it. You can't associate him also carrying such a weak supporting cast. Why do I have cast? to? What Tell me why I have to. I don't care because he doesn't have a compelling narrative to me. He's just a dude who plays basketball who a lot of people feel really bad for for whatever reason, even though he treated a city like shit. Went somewhere else, came they, back to that city. It. Everybody forgot. Granted, I don't like Ohio, so we can agree <laughs> on it. But then to be like, make pomp and circumstance, everybody forgets that. Then says some questionably dumb things in the occasion time since. Does some questionably wonderful things on the other side. But yet, I just, I don't have to care. He can play basketball. Uh, and you know what? Based on those factors, I have the ability to say like, yo, bro. I don't have to wish you well, but I also don't have to wish you death. 
it's like the Batman rule for it. You know what I mean? Like I do, exists. and I like your stance. As I told you earlier, I was loving rap is one of like seventeen people. It's like fuck LeBron. It's awesome. I'm not one of seventeen. You clearly have forgotten the people who burn their jerseys. Uh, yeah, they don't care right now. And those people are crazy. I was thinking about that earlier. It was like, I should do like a guide where it's like, I'd burn a Jersey and try that. I'm going to say this and here's my predictions, Raph. I'm going to throw like seven at you in a quick fire. And this meme is amazing. The first Ninja Turtles from the early nineties, which is the best movie. And I watched it a lot on VHS, like a lot, uh, where they're doing the infamous roof scene. All four turtles can't quite defeat shredder. And then splinter comes up and rocks him. You should find it. Raph is undoubtedly posted on his Facebook wall because he's a really avid LeBron meme hater fan, and I enjoyed that. But... I said, you know what? Tears. Mm, give them to me. Give me all of the memes because everybody's making excuses for him. You don't need to make excuses I think he for was kind of good because he averages triple doubles. He was like, fuck it. I mean, I played my dick off. Who the fuck cares? Kyle Corver That sucks. doesn't matter if you don't win. And you know what? Kudos to him. But I love the idea that there was somebody who put up uh, that there's a whole myth with Michael and him and you can't say MJ and him in the same sense anymore. And then another article that's saying, oh, you shouldn't be able to even compare the two because they're so different and they're unique and snowflakes. And my question to you who have any kind of care either way, why? Why do you care? (laughs) I like you. Uh, I know I don't care, but I'll work on it. <laughs> no, I actually do care quite a bit. And I'm heavily invested. I, and who do you have on that side? Do you have LeBron as better than Michael Jordan? Not quite yet, but he's getting there. Get the fuck out of here. Look, Le- LeBron's 32. Mm-hmm. Michael was 36 when he started to go on his last run. I mean... He's got some. He's got a few years to figure this out and add Paul George or join Popovich. But here are a few theories, Raph. One, can't <laughs> wait to see where Kevin Love is playing because it ain't going to be Cleveland. One hundred percent, they're trading him for a wing. That's where we are now. Uh, number two, I also think Kyrie might be on the table, but we'll see. Number three, the NBA is adding. Well basketball in general is adding three on three with the big three mm-hmm. and in the Olympics in 2020 rap this is going to light LA on fire I mean this is great right yeah I think that could be uh, really fascinating to watch I figured you would have some sort of analysis for it ice cube is the man behind it <laughs> yep. it's, it's half court Iverson's on a team you have to have been a part of the league before it's exciting times once again for your city and I'm still in love with your LeBron analysis. But you're good Thank with you. you're good with Durant leaving three to one to go to join the team that whooped his ass in the finals? Yeah, it's evil and I'm all about it. Fuck. I just wouldn't have seen this from you. I thought with all your uh, all he does is you know make the finals, make the finals, make the finals, lose the finals, almost win them, almost win them. Uh, you, to your defense, it is all I do is win, not all I do is get there close. All I do is occasionally win. It's not a song. You can't make that work. <laughs> I, I love it. I disagree. I'm 100 percent Statistically, in. I win. Statistically, Statistically I, I win. The metrics sound great. Statistically, <laughs> I win. Like. 
those songs don't work for me, Kevin. Now, Um, I want to make it very clear that, yes, that's a heel move, and I can appreciate that. But you know what? That gets right into the art of war, okay? And I'm good with that. We as jiu-jitsu people should have some respect for that kind of strategy, Kevin. And I don't care about this, oh, code of honor, code of conduct. Who the fuck cares? No one cares. He ended up – Ohio voted for him. They voted for – Donald Trump. They deserve this. This well, is what happened. Let me point this out to you, Kevin. And LeBron I think this campaigned is a- for Hillary. You can't slap in his face, tell him you don't care about people, advanced metrics because you don't believe in mathematics, uh, and just in general, the plight of the working person. Shit on LeBron. And let me go ahead and point this out to you real quick, okay? Yeah. Did LeBron carry Ohio for Hillary? He did not. Okay. Case rested. Now, I, I have a big point that I want to end on here, Kevin, okay? That he should go to Boston? No. I fucking hate Boston. I hate Boston. Ugh, I can't tell if I, I know. Hate them. I'm just thinking about like him, Bradley Stevens, the number one pick, whoever they can no. turn Isaiah into. Like, there's a lot Kevin, there. this is a really important point that I think Gordon? we need to end on because yeah. I have exceeded the amount of time I will let you or myself talk about the NBA. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's the point I want to make. Now, I know it's tough to say all these things, and I know we talk a lot of trash about LeBron, and I think it is important that if there is a caveat, and I'm not sure there is, but I will say this. He, well, I mean, he could come to L.A. If he does, then I reserve all rights to go ahead and take any of that back. But only if he comes to L.A., and that's a very different scenario. And even then, I might not even still like him. But I want to point out something. I love Los Angeles so much, I might put up with LeBron and his triple-doubles and his ability to maybe take a team to a championship that he really doesn't deserve. But whatever. I would have issues with that, and I would struggle with it. But I would come to terms with it. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Well, I'm uh, I'm waiting breathlessly, and I'm excited, and I don't disagree with uh, yeah. Okay, uh, and Durant was amazing. That's gonna do it for us tonight. We had a fun Raf and I podcast. We've been talking about this for a few weeks. We were gonna make it happen. We're releasing a little late Tuesday. Hope you don't mind. Five stars on iTunes. If you do, tell us why. Just leave five stars, right? We'll take complaint from friends. It's no problem at all. Uh, happy to hear it and that will take us to some shout outs raf i'm gonna start it off uh finally we, so we had a little snag with the doctor situation they wanted me to see a rehab specialist before they want me to start jujitsu again rehab specialist and i have had a conversation as have dr chen and i we are moving forward we're gonna do it we're going to uh, let me practice some jiu-jitsu in a boxing glove because we had some second thoughts after Dr. Shore, my primary hand surgeon, and I had a discussion. Then the overall person uh, wanted to intervene. I just want to give a shout-out to all involved for understanding the plight of jiu-jitsu. And, you know, a good simple reminder of uh, listening to people because I'm not sure if we had just heard the facts, we would have done it. We had also listened a little bit to some context, and that's helpful. So thanks to the medical staff of Kaiser Permanente (laughs) and some boxing gloves, some boxing tape, and a method they showed me to neutralize the knuckle. So everyone's almost back to ordinary here in Colorado. And that's going to do it for me, Raph. 
Well, go ahead and send a shout out over to my family. We had a great get together. It's always good to see them. So that was really cool to do. Uh, we had a nice little little dinner as a family on Saturday. I want to send a shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. I know I haven't seen you guys in a bit. I have been so busy uh, covering shit that I very much look forward to uh, coming through, getting some training out this way. Big shout out to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, guys. We are so excited to be bringing you as a part of our never-ending series of training at 7 – or I'm sorry, 8 a.m. in the mornings, Monday through Friday. Um we're excited to be getting people ready for our next tournament, which is August 13th. That is the San Diego Midway Open, the SD Midway Open. You can register for that at the USSGL.com. We're trying to get as many people who come to train with us in the morning ready for that next big tournament. So uh, we hope you guys sign up for it. Um, prices are low. I believe it's like $50 if you want to compete at your division. And then if you want to add absolute or uh, say if you registered gi and you want to go no gi, it's another $25. And if you want to do that absolute, it's another $25. We try to make it very affordable so that you can do all four for a low, low price. And uh, kids are also going to be allowed to compete, so get them on in. If you got kids, bring them in. And I want to say this. I want to go ahead and send uh, big shout-outs to Jason Youssef and his team over at uh, Gracie or Carlson Gracie Irvine. They're so nice. I was so happy to see the women's group come on out. I want to say shout-outs to all of the Bakers. That is Matt Baker, Jill Baker, Kylie Baker. So good to see them. Uh, of course, our good friends Tyler – or I'm sorry. This is how you know it's been like the end of the week. I literally just said – instead of saying Tyler, <laughs> I said – instead of saying Terry, I said Tyler. So Terry and Dane, uh, it was good to see you guys. Um, they are so helpful they are the nicest human beings. My sister and I got to have uh, a nice dinner with them after the women's kumite. Uh, to everybody I saw, congratulations and thank you so much for your jiu-jitsu. We much appreciate it. To my sister, thank you so much for doing the photography for it. And uh, just all you guys, we're getting some really nice notes. And we notice more and more of you keep showing up to listen to our podcast. And that is not lost upon us. So we are very appreciative of audiences, especially you new people who come and check out we our don't shows. Understand it particularly. No, we, we 100% can't explain it, but we, we do enjoy it. And we're very appreciative. And if you are listening, go ahead and drop us notes. Let us know if you are enjoying it, go to iTunes and give us five stars. That really Kev is the nicest thing they can do for us. Right? So effortless yet. So appreciative. And when you reach a certain point, we read them. Yeah. That's always been our policy. Yeah. We just wait until it's a momentous occasion. It's like, hey, we've reached X. It's yeah. time to do it. And you're like, how many is X? You need to go find out because it's not as many as you might think. Absolutely. It's not. Mm -mm. So those, I believe. But it's a grateful amount. It is. It is. So I believe those are my shout outs for the week. Um, it's going to be another busy week or two coming on up. You may see your good friend Raf Sparza traveling around. And if you still want to support the show, you can also buy a patch. And that is at rafasparza.com. You can find patches for sale from the podcast. And I know it's more of a no-gi time, but really, isn't that the best time to buy a patch? I think so. Put it on. Your friends won't know. And Absolutely. everyone that trains in the gi is like, our psychopathic gym is still training in the gi. <laughs> so, we never get a break. Yeah. 
that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time.